Hey guys, welcome back to Be Unemployable with just Maggie. Um, Jamie is moving this week, so I am here alone. And we are going to be talking about ADHD and the fear of being seen. Now, this is certainly not just an ADHD problem. This is a problem for most people, actually, but... We're going to talk about how it plays into being ADHD or how ADHD plays into it and how shame and masking comes into play because it's all really super related. But the other side of this is that it's not being a a general problem. For people, the neurotypical way of getting over it isn't isn't the same for us. So let's start our journey on on a pretty quick note. Um, let's talk. Start talking about shame. So shame is the worst. And it really is prevalent with people with ADHD because we are always apologizing. We tend to apologize more than most people because we're always running late. And obviously, not always, but ADHD people, ADHD people tend to run late. You know, they, they miss emails, they miss appointments. They're, they're chronically... Missed appointment people like that's me. Hello, I'm talking about me. They cancel. They they mess things up on accident because ADHD. Like it's it's just not a big deal to people who understand ADHD, but to the person who has it, it feels horrible. And there's a lot of self blame that comes with having ADHD that ends up with a crippling sense of shame and that normally starts from childhood because if you are in a family that did not get you a diagnosis or you did not get a diagnosis because you know that just wasn't a thing back then then you probably have a sense of shame from the fact that people are always like your homework is so messy like how did you lose that you have a lot of shame from childhood that has carried over so that stuff really turned into a lot of feelings of inadequacy of embarrassment of humiliation and you became ashamed of just who you are as a person even though you you were just being normal to you and you realized that normal to society is just not who you are so you developed a mask in order to try and fit in right like you were like okay well maybe if I'm just a little bit quieter or maybe if I just set you know bajillions of timers which are just tools that we use now to get by but you start developing masks to get through things. But the problem is that shame can lead to mood disorders. They can lead to anxiety. It, it 
can lead to a really negative outcome. If you're defensive about it, it can make you angry. It, it just has all of these other impacts that you don't actually think about as you're, ha- I mean, because who has time to go, oh, that just made me shameful, which makes me angry, which means I'm going to lash out at my husband. Like, nobody's thinking about that in the moment, right? So when you're hearing from a teacher as a child that you lack discipline when really it's your ADHD, you in your head start saying, oh, I'm a mess. Like, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm never, I'm never going to be anything. And then your shame spiral continues and you try to mask and you try to become a good student and it doesn't work. And then you have shame and it just, it just takes off. Right? So that's where we start to develop this fear of being seen. So let's talk about masking a little bit more because masking comes about from the stigma and shame around ADHD. Like how many of you listening have masks? There are so many different masks that you could wear. The, you know, that you could do the, um, the, the like super smart mask the people that are like they just have to impress everybody with how smart they are because they're going to overcompensate for ADHD by by just being an absolute genius in other areas because when you have ADHD you most likely learn faster so therefore they they want to show this off but your mask tends to fall off if you actually have a really intense brainstorming session with that person. Um, The other mask that I have encountered a lot with people, and these are people who are not willing to invest in coaching, is the martyr. I encounter a martyr a lot. And these are the ones who they... They just live in self-pity. Oh my gosh, I'm always, this is how people always react to me. It's always, it's all my fault. I can never do anything right. That's the martyr. They don't take responsibility for anything. They're claiming to. They say they do, but they're not. Um, There is the dits. Now, the ditz is the person who's always like, I've always been called an airhead or I'm just a dumb blonde. That's a mask that they wear to try. They play dumb so that way they've lowered everybody's expectations. There's also um, the class clown. That's another one. And they tell jokes to get you to laugh. So that way you will absolutely forgive their mistakes. And then you don't notice that they're actually struggling. Funny thing about comedians in general is that they tend to be depressed. So that one's the class clown is, is pretty is a pretty good mask worn by a lot of people with 
a multitude of different issues. Um, perfectionists are normally people who are overcompensating as well. That's a mask. That can be someone with ADHD. That could be, they could be overcompensating for all kinds of things. But perfectionists in general, they just want you to look at what they're working on so that way you don't notice the other areas that they're having problems. And then, like, there's, there's, like, rebels. These are all archetypes, if in case you didn't realize. If you've ever listened to the old episodes of this podcast back when it was um, my Extraordinary Entrepreneur Radio, these are archetypes. But the rebel is someone who's like, oh, if you don't, if you don't like what I do, then, you know, too, too bad. What's wrong with you? And they, they use anger as, as their shield. Like they are very, they try to be, um, the, the current saying is unapologetic, but they use that as their mask. And then there's, you know, the hero. And the hero is really somebody who wants to, who wants to help everybody. They want to, they want to minimize themselves and get all the, all the eyes off of them and onto somebody else by them solving crises, crises for other people. So they tend to get a circle of friends by helping everybody and never asking for help. So those are really good. Like those are the main masks. And again, they do tie into archetypes. If you look at my branding archetypes episode from my when this podcast used to be all about branding and entrepreneurship but the reason that people use these masks are to overcome the shame and to hide themselves hide their authentic self because they've been taught that their authentic self is not acceptable the the advice that people are given when it comes to being seen, if you're neurotypical, is ah, just just show up, do a little bit every day, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> no, don't do that. As someone with ADHD, you can't just show up and drop everything. You're gonna end up in a fugue state. Now, obviously I'm not a medical professional, so that's not, that's not actually like what will happen. I don't know. I don't know what will happen, but I know it's not going to be good. And I know that when you take too big of a step at once, that our brains don't like it and it's not going to work out. So you need to be realistic with what you're going to do. So there might be little parts of your mask that you can drop right now. And little parts of your mask that you need to keep in place to be able to continue just to get out of bed. Like, let's be real honest about our mental health here. 
sometimes it's impossible to get out of bed or it feels impossible. And if there's a part of your mask that makes it possible, wear that part. Don't think that you need to be everything to everyone all of the time. Wear the part that you still need. Now, the next thing I'm going to ask you to do is to check in with yourself. For someone with ADHD, this can be hard, but we've offered this advice before. It was on a money episode, but I'm going to ask you to do this in a different way. A lot of times people show up as someone they're not because of our self or our past programming. And that's what I'm going to ask you to think about is think about in the past when you've been told that it's better to hide who you are, when it's not safe to be who you actually are, or when it's better to show up as somebody else. Think about these things. Make a list of them. And then forgive each one. Now this is going to, when you forgive, you're going to do the Ho'oponopono prayer. And it's going to be rough. I'm not going to lie to you. When people do this with money, they're always like, ugh, no thank you. Because it, <laughs> it just gets you to a point where you're just like, oh, I don't, please don't make me think about this. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather not. I'm literally asking you to drag up old memories and acknowledge that they suck. And then be like, bye, I forgive you. But you're not forgiving. This is what I need you to understand when you forgive something. You're not forgiving that person specifically for doing this to you. You're forgiving the experience for having happened. You're forgiving yourself for carrying it around. You're just forgiving the space that it's held and freeing up that space for a new experience and a new belief. So once you make your list, you'll go through each one and you'll remember what that felt like, which is going to suck. And then you'll say the Ho'oponopono prayer, which is, I forgive you. I'm sorry. Thank you. And I love you. So it's simple, but it really works and it works so well. It's the same thing that I recommend doing with your money. But once you're done with that, then we need to pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth. So this is, this is your self-talk. I mentioned before in your, when I was talking about shame that your self-talk is about, you know, like uh, sometimes it's not always, but your self-talk can be like, I'm stupid. I'm a loser. Like, why can everyone else do this? And I can't that kind of stuff. Right. So we need to change that self-talk. And then when you start thinking about being seen and you're like, oh, I can't put myself out there. Like, 
my your stomach drops right and you're like oh god i can't pull myself out there ask yourself why can't i put myself out there do you think people are going to call you stupid okay well what's the worst that can happen and then feed your mind some inspiration like go out there watch stories of people who have come overcome challenges like other eight people with ADHD people who are like us because it's really important to to form authentic relationships with people who understand you and that you understand when I'm saying all this I'm not saying this strictly as like on a person to person level I'm saying this as a business like as a business person people buy from people they buy the understanding that you understand (laughs) they buy the concept that you understand their problem better than anybody else but they're buying from a person you know like that's why places like businesses have a likable character you know progressive has flow for example or what is it Allstate they had mayhem the guy who played Dennis Duffy on 30 Rock they have characters out front so that you have someone to relate to and if you are an entrepreneur it's your job to be that character so you need to get over the fear of being seen in order to be that character now going more into this there are a couple beliefs that i need you to remember and develop number one when i say that you need to show up uh, you know as as yourself like you need to actually like take down your masks except for the ones that are literally getting you through the day I want you to remember that you're still in control of what you share so you you don't have to be like go online and be like hey everybody like I just took a massive shit like you don't have that's not that's not what you have to do But you do still want to be yourself when you do show up. So like when I, well, that's what we'll talk about. Um, That's what I'm going to tell you about is I think I shared about how I used to be a blogger and I had somebody show up to me online, um, show up in person after I had shared where I'd be. And I was pregnant and I thought they were going to cut my baby out of my belly because I was so scared but it was my fault because I overshared online so by remembering that you're in control of what you share you can avoid situations like that but I wasn't diagnosed I didn't know any better it was before the Craigslist killers it was before all of that so the second thing and I've actually created a post on this on my Instagram is to learn to work with your fear of being visible. Fear doesn't go away just because you've decided 
you're going to work with it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to tackle this. And then all of a sudden it's gone. No. So start working with that fear. Like, decide to tackle one part of it. For example, hey, I'm going to tackle posting online. I'm going to tackle posting on Instagram today. Or I'm going to tackle putting my face out there. I'm going to tackle this. So learn to work with what it is that you're afraid of and tackle a part of it. And what I had shared on my post is that I still get uncomfortable sharing online. You're never 100% over it. At least I'm not. And it's okay. I haven't died from it yet. I mean, I I still could. There's still time. Uh, As long as I'm alive, there's still a chance I can die from it. But I, I, I haven't yet, so that's cool. And then the other... The other thing that I do want you to remember is that you are being called, and this sounds like you're going to church, sorry about that, but you're being called to serve people, right? Like, you have a vision of what you're doing in your business. That's why why you have a business. So you need to believe in that vision more than you believe in your fear. Now, if every time you posted to Instagram, someone, you know, an alligator came in your house and bit off your toes, then I would tell you never to post to Instagram. But when you post to Instagram, do you know what happens? Uh, Nothing, especially with the algorithm change. Your vision is bigger than nothing. So if by posting to Algor or to Instagram, you have a chance to get in front of people, there's a, there's a chance. Then you need to do it. Period. End of story. Let's go. You can impact people, even if it's your words and you, you know, you post something and the picture means nothing, but the caption means everything. That is still worth posting. The other thing that I would like you to remember would be that you are valuable no matter what. So a big tip that I have for Instagram specifically is that I hide my like count, my like and my view counts, because RSD can set in if you post something and nobody likes it, or if you post something and a lot of people like it. It's a, it works both ways, because if you post it and you're just like, oh my god, nobody liked it, I am worthless. No, 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 you are valuable. The algorithm didn't push it for whatever reason. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Or if a lot of people like it, then it works the other way where you're like, I can never post again because I'm not going to be able to beat those results. Those two things are both terrifying 
and it really hits you in that fear of showing up. And that's okay. Just hide your results. Use a scheduler to get it out there, even if you use Instagram's own scheduler through um, Facebook Creator Studio. And just get your stuff out there. And next of all, and this goes for, this right here goes for you guys. And when it comes to like launching your business, this has nothing to do with social media. This is launching your business. This is launching an offer. I need you to trust in yourself. I need you to trust that you can navigate whatever comes your way. So what that means is if you need to, if you if you absolutely need to, you can make a list. If you if right now you're like, okay, I would love to trust that, but I have no proof of that, then go through and make a list of times that you have that you have been able to handle things that you thought were just out of the realm of possibility for you. Like, full disclosure, in 2010, we lost a house. The market crashed. We had, it was a condo and we weren't fully funded. We had an assessment we couldn't pay. We lost the condo. I never thought I could handle something like that. But I did. So that would be on my list. I no longer speak to my mother. I stood up to her. I was able to finally break those ties. I never thought that I was capable of that. But I was. I am. I should say. Like, make a list of the things that you are capable of, that you have done in the past, and trust yourself. You've done these things in the past. You can do these kind of things again. Now, the, the other thing, the last thing that I want to say on this is that most of our fears fall into one of three, three buckets. They fall into the fear of failure, the fear of uncertainty, which is a big one for me, and the fear of inadequacy. Inadequacy is where ADHD lies a lot. Fear of failure is another, I mean, that's a big one. But identify where where your fear is really living. If it's failure, inadequacy, or uncertainty. Today we talked almost entirely on inadequacy because that's where ADHD lies. If you find that it is the fear of failure or the fear of uncertainty, let me know. And let us know, I should say. And we will discuss the the other two in another episode. All right, guys, I think that's everything for my solo episode. I'm so excited because I was actually able to be in here without a dog. 
Cosmo was in here and I had to completely start and re-record the episode because he was chewing so loudly that the mic was picking it up. But yeah, that's everything for now. And let us know if you want to hear the fear of failure or the fear of uncertainty. Thanks, guys.